to Teaching Channel Talks. Every other week, I'll be talking to expert educators about how to best address challenging issues in education. I'm your host, Wendy Amato. This week, I'm joined by Michelle Trujillo, educational consultant, author, inspirational speaker, and most importantly, advocate for hope. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here. Michelle, I want to jump right in and talk about thriving through adversity, powerful strategies for educators to ignite hope, inspire students, and transform schools. What would you like for people to know about this work? Oh, I'm just so excited about it. This is a new uh, book that we just released last week, and it answers the question, I truly believe, that so many educators are dealing with right now, which is, how do we help our students and ourselves to thrive during this time? There are so many incredible challenges. The reality is what we do as educators, our vocational calling, which we absolutely were drawn to probably from the very first moment that we thought about what do we want to do with the rest of our lives? You know, it truly is a vocation, but it's filled with challenges right now. And that is a reality. And so this book answers, how do we deal with some of those, those challenges? And how do we actually ignite hope in this moment for our students and for ourselves? Your word choice is not accidental. You're not talking about surviving adversity. You've chosen the word thrive and that takes it to another level. Why? Well, it's, it is, you're absolutely right, very intentional, as is the word ignite. I thought you were going to talk about igniting <laughs> hope. Both of those words are intentional. And the reason, Wendy, is because I think, you know, we hear a lot about the term pos uh, toxic positivity, mm -hmm. right? People want to be positive. They want to encourage. They want to thrive. That talk is important. We want to we want to discuss it, but we want to actually be it. We want to be able to look at our own lives as educators and that of our students and assess the being in the moment. Are we struggling? If we are, let's validate that. Let's look at that and then step into how can we begin to move forward with intention? That's thriving to be able to see the possibilities of the future. When in fact we face adversity or face challenges, sometimes we get lost in the overwhelm, in the uncertainty, in some senses, in the hopelessness. Well, to ignite hope is to intentionally look forward to say, what do we need in order to thrive? And then begin walking that way. Yeah, we're not telling people to be hopeful sitting where they are. We're right. saying do this with forward momentum. And that's a different yes. thing. I'm going to challenge educators across the country to take all of those educator survival guides that are printed out in, in workrooms, in schools everywhere, cross that out, leave it crossed out as a visual reminder that you're replacing that word with thriving and that there's a sense of igniting and that there, there is action and, and um, more than something that's static and settling. Yes. But you know, Wendy, it's just so important. I think that we use the word thrive without really looking at what does it take? Does that make sense? Like we say, we want our students to thrive. We want to thrive as educators, 
but what does it take? How do we move forward? And that's one of the things that's so exciting about thriving through adversity. There are actually five ways to ignite hope and then strategies for administrators, for teachers, and for all staff to step into uh, what it takes to truly thrive. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a secret right now. I don't want people to read your book. I want them to do your book. <laughs> In the book, you even say, this is a journey. Yes. And that, that word, your, your book is something that you experience. Can you yes. talk a little bit about the creative process and what you want people to experience as they do the book with you? Yeah. And it's interesting that you use that term because I often say it's not about what we do. It is about how we be. And educators always laugh because they're like, that your grammar's off. And I realize that, but, but our state of being in the way we approach this book is an action, is a doing action, as you say. We have built in, when I say we, uh, my editor, uh, Taryn Waters, and my co-founder in Center for Learning and Wellbeing, we really thought intentionally about what this book would look like so that educators could gain experience, so that they could, in fact, journey through it. And what we knew is that they needed an opportunity to reflect. So we've built in self-reflection, journaling opportunities. They needed actual strategies. What a lot of people are asking, well, but what can I do? We don't need more on our plate. So what can we do in the realm of behaviors that we're already engaged in or activities that we're already engaged in to help us and to help our students to thrive? You gifted me with an advanced copy of the book and I will assert that it is not anything you can put down. It pulls you in and you have the sense of going through the journey with other people and, and you share their stories and hear their voices in addition to yours, Michelle, through the book. And, and there's a sense of community in there that you don't get in just a regular read. That was intentional as well. I wanted it to be an easy read so that it didn't feel like I'm opening a textbook. When I say easy read, I am thinking about myself as a teacher or administrator, mm -hmm. sitting in my classroom planning, having so much to do. And I look over at this stack of books that I've been waiting to get to. We all and have an that easy stack. read. Yes. And an easy read is that one that I can pick up and I can go, I'm going to spend a moment in this because it is going to nourish me. And, uh, and that's what this book does. You also are right about the intentional inclusion of what I call voices, voices of insight, uh, voices of insight, expertise, and hope. And the point of including these voices, these are students and parents, other educators and experts in the field that give a different perspective of whatever topic I may be addressing. And so to hear really from the trenches, uh, it's validating. When we speak about the multiple voices in the text, I want to acknowledge also that your careful structuring of the, of the reflection prompts and activities are centered around staff and leaders and teachers. And you've, you've done that carefully because the needs may vary. I found myself reading uh, from all the categories to, to think about how these topics are woven into different people's lives in different ways. What was it like crafting those? 
You know, it felt very natural for me because I have served in various roles. And so I could put myself in that place of as a teacher, what would I need to know? If I was a paraprofessional, what would I need to know? If I was an administrator in this moment, what would I need to, to know? Oftentimes I'll go in and do a professional learning opportunity with a school or a school district, and it will be filled with teachers and support staff and we'll look around and there may not be many administrators or many people from the leadership team there. And so often teachers will say, this is great content, valuable information, but I want my principal to hear it. Or I really need my superintendent to hear it. And what we know is just like our role as educators for our students, we model behavior The same is true of our educational leaders. So I wanted to provide some strategies for educational leaders to include them as well in leading this work, in modeling for their teachers and for their students. You offer some advice in the book about modeling. Can you maybe give everyone listening a few suggestions on how we can be models? Well, sure. I think it really does go back to what I said when we started about it's not necessarily about what we do. It is about how we be. So just think about our way of being in the way in which we interact with others. Authentic connection. How often, and you've heard me talk about this, Wendy, but how often do we walk by a person and we say, hey, how are you? And they say, hey, how are you? And we keep walking. There's nothing intentional in that question. What What our behavior is showing is that we really don't care what the answer is, but we know we do. I mean, we are in a, in a people profession. We care about each other. So often, though, we're overwhelmed with the responsibilities on our plate that we don't take time to be intentional in our greetings. So when we talk about modeling, something as simple as stopping, looking in somebody's eyes if it's appropriate and asking that question and then listening for the answer. If we don't have time, then modeling would be instead of asking the question and continuing to walk, making a positive statement, like it's great to see you today, or I hope you have a day filled with joy. Something that's positive, but not a question that will remain unanswered. That's a way in which we can model. Smiling, practicing gratitude, all of these things, if we do them as leaders, our teachers, our support staff, our parents, you'll see that that cascading effect that reaches our students as well. I'm gonna shift a little bit. I know that you do quite a bit of work in many areas and have a new Center for Learning and Wellbeing, the Inspired Education's Center for Learning and Wellbeing. How did this come to be? Uh, I talked a little earlier about my uh, partnership with Taryn Waters, and she is just a phenomenal human being. She is. I've met her. Yes. Yeah, she just is. And she believes in education and she believes in positive change. She's highly intelligent. And and we started talking about our mutual uh, passion for our students, for social and emotional learning, for social and emotional well-being. 
And as you, as you know, you begin to open the door to conversation and connection and ideas grow. And we really felt that within her inspired education, which is her professional learning entity, there was certainly a need for a more focused center to really look at the integration of learning and student outcomes and our own well-being as educators, uh, in addition with our ability to impact our students' well-being. And so that's really what the center is about. It is a, a place to find resources and training uh, in the realm of supporting our students' well-being and supporting our own. So I have books there. We have various people that offer trainings in the realm of SEL, social emotional well-being for educators, igniting hope, improving school climate, equity, uh, you name it, we've got it. And if you don't see it there, we love working with districts, states, uh, educational service agencies to really customize what you do need. Michelle, a lot of people are finding some silver linings around the cloud of the pandemic. And I wonder if some learnings were accelerated because of the way we've all spent the past two years. Mm. How has it impacted your work? First, I want to say this. You uh, mentioned the word learning. We talked today a lot about learning loss. Mm -hmm. We have learned so much. There has been an incredible amount of instructional loss, but we have learned so much. So perhaps that is the silver lining. What if we learned about humanity? What have we learned about truly the value of our educators? What have we learned about our students and their needs? We've taken time to put academics in some ways um, on the back step just for a moment while we look at who are these people in front of me as humans? Not only my students, but my colleagues, how can I, as a human being, seek to understand their story? Because as you know, through this pandemic, we've often heard, oh, we're all in the same storm. Um, that may be true, but we're traveling through this storm in different ways. And some people are in these luxury ocean liners. Some people are in these little rowboats with, you know, the oars falling over the side and the water's just coming into the boat. And, uh, we have this great opportunity to remind ourselves that there is a story behind every student. There's a story behind every parent or family or guardian, behind every educator with whom we work. And so that perhaps is the silver lining. This is not to say achieving academically isn't of utmost importance. It is. But we must start with the human beings. Any last messages that you'd like to offer to the education community, thinking about the, the work you've put into your book, the site that you're creating, the workshops that you deliver, the outreach that you provide to the community? Yeah, I, I guess here's what I'd like to say. So many educators talk about being so incredibly overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And when we get overwhelmed, 
sometimes we tend to just want to throw our hands up and be done or, or run, you know, as fast as we can, as far away as we can. And I guess I just want to remind everyone that you did choose this vocation for a reason. Think back to that initial reason. This is a calling. And there are things that are truly within our realm of, of control in this moment. So grab on to that. There is hope in that. If we can think about right now, the words that I use, the thoughts that I have first thing in the morning when I wake up, reframing how I look at things so that I can see the strength so that I can see the gratitude in the moment and then take little steps and we'll get there. We're educators. We know how to scaffold learning. Let's scaffold our attitudes. Let's scaffold our, our actions as we approach each day. Focus on with it, what's within our realm of control. And when we do that, we'll begin to feel that bit of hope that will in fact grow in our hearts. As we leverage it, we grow it. Well, you and your message are exactly what everybody needs to hear today. And I'm hopeful that everyone is tuning in. I want to say thank you to you for sharing a conversation, for the focus on hope, um, and for helping us all to learn through you. To my fellow educators, thank you for joining us this week. You can find links to the resources and topics that Michelle and I have discussed here in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. If you leave a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you use, it will also help more educators to find us. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode. Thanks for listening.